0: Welcome back, everybody. This is the Blackwash Podcast. I'm your favorite host, Larry Sampson, with your co-host, Destiny Johnson. You know how we do it. So first, let me talk to you about what's on my mind. My heart is absolutely broken today. You know, you give your all and your all to somebody sometimes, and sometimes they don't give it back to you. And that somebody is the Dallas Cowboys. One of my favorite players of all time is Ezekiel Elliott because he did the dirty work. And today we released them and it absolutely broke my heart. I don't know why I invest so much in this team and don't get much back. I've been alive since 93, haven't been able to watch a Super Bowl with my dad as he continues to get older. And as I continue to get older, it seems like the chances for us to be able to sit down on a couch on a Super Bowl Sunday and cheer our team on is becoming slimmer and slimmer. And it breaks my fucking heart. I am so heartbroken that we are like the absolute epitome of mediocrity and that breaks my heart even more so because at least now when we suck I won't be able to cheer on one of my favorite uh, players so that's what's on my mind and heart today I know Destin you don't really have anything to respond to that but what's on your heart and mind before I introduce the topic to our audience today
1: well that is actually really heartbreaking why don't you and your dad just choose a different team one that actually goes to the Super Bowl
0: Destiny. Oh, my gosh. You fellas, don't worry. I'm about to I'm gonna get on her, fellas. I'm about to get on And ladies who actually understand sports, I'm about to hop on her. You can't just be a bandwagon fan. Like, in the, in the sports world, that is just like the – that's the equivalent because you understand this context. That's the equivalent of somebody being a ride-or-die chick when you were broke. And then the second you got money, you break up with her and hop to the next bitch. Like, that's, that's the sports equivalent. They it's, do it
1: every day, B. They do it every day. They do
0: it every day, but you're not supposed to do that. In the sports world, you're supposed to ride and die with your team. Now, here's the thing. There are certain things that allow you to change your team. Like, for me, in basketball, I've always said I don't have any particular team. I'm just a Kevin Durant fan. Wherever you go, I go. If you make that known and you make it known your criteria, then you're allowed to do that. I know some people who just rock with the best black. Quarterback at the time, you know they only get certain bragging rights when that when that team has success. But again, you let it be known from the beginning. I have always established from the beginning that I am a Dallas Cowboy like that, and call myself a true football fan. And that was even after they released my cousin uh Marcus Spears. One that was that's my own blood. Now he ain't a first cousin; he a distant cousin, but. They, they released him. I still was with them. They they got rid of you know DeMarco Murray, Bishop Gorman, Grad, and I was still rocking with him. That's that's what loyalty is about. But to get into the topic of today, well, I'm, I don't even know why you got me disgruntled like that. Well,
1: I'm loyal. I just feel like you pick and choose. Like, I have my team, which is the Las Vegas Raiders, because I'm from Vegas. You just pick a team. Like, you could just pick another one. That's no, my no, sentiment from saying that. But yeah, yeah, let's
0: go on. Yeah, but but to the topic of the day, because you can't do that for all you people out there, you can't do that. So the thing that's been in the news today, and I actually want to talk about today, because the conversation came up at lunch today. I was talking to one of my coworkers, and he was talking about what's going up with all these banks. How does a bank go bankrupt? How does a bank go bankrupt? You just put money in the bank and you take money out. And I was just completely (laughs) bewildered that a lot of people don't understand how the bank works. So before we get into the topic, I just kind of want to set a little stage for those of you who didn't know. And I just thought most people knew this. When you put your money, let's say I'm a millionaire. I'm a big boss. I'm a baller. Let's say I put $5 million in the bank. Very rarely, if ever can I then go to the bank, you know, absent, like the same day I just put it in very rarely. Could I go to the bank later on and say, Hey, I'm, I'm taking out $5 million today. They're going to look at you and they're going to say, you doing what? Like I put, I have $5 million as it shows in my account. I want to take that out all today. They, they won't allow you to do that. Most banks won't allow you to do that. What you have to do is, I, and I think the threshold changes a, lo, a little bit. A lot of, Some banks, it's like 30,000. Sometimes banks, it might be 20,000. But generally, they don't like let you just take out large sums of money right at once. You have to let them know in advance, hey, I'm going to take out a million dollars. I'm going to take out $5 million. And a lot of times, it might be up to five weeks before they can give you that liquid cash because they don't have cash on hand. And I like to kind of, you know, tell people this example. How many times have you heard of a bank getting robbed? You've heard of it a bunch of times. You have never heard motherfuckers walking out with billions of dollars. And and like, if you're with a bank like Bank of America, that's probably about as much money as they got connected to the bank. is in the billions, not in the millions. But you've never heard anybody being able to go into Bank of America, rob the bank and walk away with billions. You You've heard maybe nine million. You've heard a, a different amount but you've never heard the actual amount of money that they should have accounted for. So the reason why that's the case is because when you put your money in the bank, What the bank does is they invest it. Some, they play in the stock market. They do a lot of different things with your money to make more money for themselves. And that's how they make the bulk of their income. Like, people think they're getting money off those 1%, 2%, or whatever they're charging you to have an account with your bank. That's not how they make the majority of the money. The majority of the money they make is off of loans and off of, you know, investing. So what happens is, and how these banks go bankrupt, is a lot of times... What they have is they have bad investments and because they've had bad investments now, when people come time to try to get their money. And a lot of times for whatever reason, like a lot of people think we're in a recession, so that that could be the predicate for it. A lot of times, a bunch of people come all at once, saying, "Hey, we want our money," and they're like, "Well, we can't give it to you. We can only give you this, or we can only give you a certain percentage of the amount of money you actually have in the bank." So that's what kind of causes banks to go bankrupt. Also, a lot of things, a lot of times, what people don't understand is back. I feel I believe in the Obama administration they had passed a, a law. I believe it was called Dodd Frank, where it put certain type of um, regulations on the the riskiness of the type of investments that these banks were allowed to make, and they made certain requirements of being able to withstand what what they called a stress test. And that meant like a whole bunch of people came asking for their money at once. They had to prove they they had solvency, that they would be able to provide the people with their money. but when the when the Trump administration came along, a lot of those regulations got uh, repealed. And to be honest with you, we can't just put it all on the Republicans because some of these, these uh, Democrats voted for it as well, which allowed them to repeal it. And, and normally it was about the size of the bank, right? So they're like, okay, this restriction should uh, uh, apply to a Bank of America, but not into um, the, the type of banks that we now are seeing are, are being uh, filing for bankruptcy and saying that they're insolvent. Destiny, what do you got to say on the matter?
1: Yeah. Like, I think you kind of nailed it. I think more so in simpler terms, I think for like the lay person, it'll be like easier for you to understand that. Yes, we use banks to hold our money so that we don't spend it all in one setting and we kind of want to save it. And then what banks do with our money is they're like, yes, I I have your money, but I'm going to let John take out a mortgage and get a house so that he owes me interest so I can have money and then I can give you back your money. So that's just kind of like the play, a hypothetical of what a bank is. And what is concerning is people, they look at investments and they look at the stock market. And I think what the issue was, in basically the reason why we're having this conversation now is because Silicon Valley Bank was the first bank to pretty much go under. And we've seen this before in our lifetimes in 2008 it was a big huge thing like banks were loaning people all this money and they didn't have the money to give the people whose money it was back so what happens is how banks freaking decline pretty much is that everybody who's giving the bank money is like hey i want my money and then the bank no longer has enough money to give all these people their money. So usually banks are backed by the federal government. It's not the federal government, it's like a private entity, it's the FDIC. I can't remember exactly what it stands for. I should know this while I'm talking about it right now, but they are like a reserve for banks. And they have, it's so crazy. I was literally watching the news the other day and it's like, they have unlimited money. So for people, that have like their deposits in the bank, they, they have something to do with deposits, they insure deposits, they are, they basically take over the bank, and they ensure that those people have access to their money. But some people, they, they go to banks, and they do investments and investments are risk. So you know, they don't get that money back. So well,
0: I don't mean to cut you off, but it's going to bother me if I don't tell people what it's called. It's called the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. That's what the okay. FDIC is. I
1: called. basically explained it. They insure deposits. That's And it's a federal yeah, agency. But yeah, that's basically what happens. So this is crazy because two banks in San Francisco, which I don't think people understand. San Francisco is probably one of the most important cities in America. Have basically went under within the same week. Now, I think it's important to note that also these banks did a lot of investments in what is it like cryptocurrency and things like that. So- yeah, a lot of
0: it. A lot of it had to deal with crypto going kind of like I I don't want to say under because a lot of people like crypto is going to come back, but like, um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, like crypto going kind of taking that dip kind of fucked with a lot of the banks
1: yes so now all these banks the people that work at the banks are out like their whole um, board and directors are out and this federal the FDIC comes in and takes over and what happened before is these banks were doing similar situations back in 2008. And it also, you know, history repeats itself. It shows you how the market is and that we're quote unquote in a recession, which we were back then also.
0: I was just going to say, and I don't mean to cut you off because you say history repeats itself and, and you went um You went back to 2008, but even before that, when Roosevelt became president, a lot of people don't know this, right? You know, you have quote unquote, and we we know this because we went to the inauguration, right? The inauguration got moved because of the Roosevelt administration. And what happened with that is, the banking system was like in a free for all, and when Roosevelt was coming, uh, was going to become president. One of the first things he had to do was reassure the public that their money was safe in a bank, because a lot of people were were pulling their money out of the banks because it was like a free for all. Because you know, you you remember like, I mean, you don't even have to be smart to know this. Like, well, I just you- want
1: to clarify this really quick for people that are listening. We did not go to the Roosevelt Inauguration. I'm young. Do you <laughs> I don't
0: we want during to say anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I needed to clarify that because I am young. And I you need to, have to, have to, to clarify anybody. that.
0: They, they know we weren't alive. That would be damn near. I, I don't day. know.
1: Some people don't know. People don't know who the president was and the president, okay. the president and, well, and everything. But- so Clarify that, please.
0: Okay, well, but be that as it may. Okay, so during the Roosevelt administration, when he first was um, coming into the office, a lot of people, it was during the Great Depression, a lot of people were trying to pull their money out of the banks. And, of course, they couldn't pull their money out of the banks because it was a similar situation to today. The banks simply simply didn't have the money back, um, money in the bank to give them their money. So one of the first things he had to do, you know, quote unquote, the fireside, fireside chats from history is reassure the public that their money was better in the bank than it would be at home. So similarly, in 2008, a similar thing happened when Obama was in in office where we had our, uh, another recession that he had to deal with, with, you know, the banks be, becoming insolvent. So one thing that oh, Obama, is, the Obama administration did um, is... Well, no, not the Obama administration. The Trump administration did to, quote, unquote, combat that. What they decided to do is they were going to say, OK, we're going to pay the the people who had their their the monies in there. Like like I said, if you made a deposit and you had $3 million, instead of just saying you're fucked, we're going to make sure you have the $3 million. But under the Trump administration, and I believe it was the Trump administration, not the Obama administration, but under the Trump administration— But what they also did was if you invested in the bank, right, you made an investment in the bank, they were going to give you your money back. And I think that's, and the reason, the only reason why I highlight that now is because Biden now is stepping in currently to tell people like, Hey, if you had your money in the, in this bank, that's now insolvent, we're going to provide you with that money. Good thing. But how this differs is Trump also gave their the money to people who invested in the bank. Biden, the Biden administration, because this is what pertains to today, the Biden administration says, well, if you just invested in the bank, you fuck, because that's the nature of investing. You know, if you invest in something, it might work it's out. Different. Yeah, you might. it might work out, it might not work out. You assume that risk by investing in something. Whereas when you're making a deposit, when you're simply putting your money into a bank, you're not thinking there's risk associated with that. You're thinking like, hey, I put $4 million. I expect to be able to have access to $4 million. So that's how it differs for today. So I don't mean to cut you off, but for the relevant part for a lot of people today is if even if you had your money in that bank, don't worry, most likely you're going to be good because the Biden administration is trying to step yeah. in and make sure you have your money. But if you invest it, then you just take that on the chin.
1: Well also I want to clarify because my understanding is you're good up for up to $250,000. So I don't really know like what is going to happen like if you you exceed that cap right now but that's my understanding of it. And what's very interesting about this is other banks like I've seen people on social media post um statements from their banks saying like hey We're all good. We're completely backed by the FDIC. Don't worry, because everybody's like trying to predict what's going to happen in the market and are saying like, hey, I think they're going to take my money. And everybody's starting to pull money out of banks. And that's going to negatively affect other banks. And it's so crazy because we put so much trust in banks. I remember a couple weeks ago, Larry, you have Bank of America also there was a glitch with Bank of America and people's accounts were saying like negative and zero. And the first thing I did, which is the reason that banks have issues is I transferred all my money, not all my money, but a lot, a bulk of my money that was in Bank of America, I transferred immediately to my credit union because I'm like, y'all are not taking my money. But it's crazy. Like money is such a sensitive and important thing that it makes people, it makes them cancel. um it makes people um what am i trying to say it makes people nervous
0: this is the one thing that i will say and i could totally be saying this wrong so if you're out there guys this is just my understanding of this and i don't know if i'm wrong or right i was always under the inception that regardless of what any administration does your 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 money is good up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars what I was under the understanding of, and I could be wrong, but you know, fact check this in the comments section if you get a chance. What I was under the understanding of is what presidents and administrations do to step in and, and in this, this particular context as well, is they're even going to cover the people above the $250,000 threshold. Because it was my understanding that there was always a certain level of protection, and I don't know if that's FDIC or if that's just with the bank, up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. My understanding is what the administration is doing is like with that coverage, right? Up to the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and a lot of us, let's be honest, we don't even got two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, so we ain't even sweating it. But but for the people who have more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, the Biden administration is going to cover that gap as well. So that's my understanding of it. Like I said, I could be completely wrong, but I think normally it's the case for them to at least cover up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars.
1: Okay. Yeah. But that's wild. And I mean, a lot of banks are trying to get ahead of this and telling people, you know, this is just those specific situations because those banks were heavily involved in um, the the cryptocurrency and whatever else they were doing. And um, we don't have those issues and trying to like really get it out there to, you know, make people less in insecure about where their money is and their money being held so that other banks don't have this issue. But I mean, a lot of things, a big thing that happened in 08 is a lot of people were really upset with our government for basically backing the banks. And I think that Biden addressing the nation, he didn't want to make it seem like he was backing the banks. Which in so many words, he did say he was backing the banks. But it's just really interesting. I feel that that's up into a certain point, like you need to. Here's
0: what I think. Here's, the average
1: think person puts all of their money into banks. Banks give you so many incentives to directly deposit your funds into the bank.
0: Well, here, here, here's what I'm gonna say, right? here's what i'm going to say right and like i said i could be wrong but if my understanding is correct i think the the issue that people have and maybe when i say people have i think primarily people on the left have is that the ideal of having two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the bank to your average person means like oh my god these are the wealthy like these are people who are really rich right if he's intervening to make sure they cover, like I say, and this is only if my understanding is correct, right? Because my understanding is that up to $250,000, you're good anyway. It's when it exceeds $250,000 that the Biden administration's plan or whatever is really going to help you out, right? I think what a lot of people are thinking is like, oh, well, if I have over $250,000, I'm super rich. I don't need The government, because a lot, it's twofold, right? It's like the government is going to bail out the banks, right? For people who have over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the bank, well, where are they going to get that money? They're going to get it from what? Taxes. And me, I'm, I'm going to have to pay more, right? This is the logic, whether it's right or wrong. I'm going to have to pay more so that this. Millionaire, multi-millionaire, or whomever is rich enough to have two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a and one bank, and it's not even like it's Bank of America; it's like a, some local bank. Silicon
1: Valley Bank.
0: <laughs> yeah, like somebody who's rich enough to have two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And by the way, rich people know how banks work, so a lot of rich people will have money in Chase Bank. They'll have it in Bank of America. They'll have it out. have it in all these places. So a lot of people are thinking is like, yeah, even if they had more than $250,000 in that bank, because it's not Bank of America, because it's not Chase Bank, because it's not one of these top tier banks, more than likely, they got a lot of money in a different bunch of banks. So why are my taxpayer dollars going to go to to make up the difference when they're probably good anyway? It's the thought process. I'm not saying the thought process is correct, but I'm saying that's what a lot of people are thinking. is like, well, why am I going to have to pay more, you know, in taxes, which may not even be the case with this. The thought process is like, well, the money doesn't come out the sky. They got to get the money from somewhere. Where do governments get money? They get money from taxes. I'm going to have to pay taxes. And and the reason why I'm paying taxes is so that somebody who can afford to put 250 plus thousand, because like I said, there has to be more than that on my understanding. For somebody who's able to put more than that in a bank, can make up the difference? Fuck no, I don't want to do that. And like and and hence is the problem. But yeah. I think I think a saving grace is that this time they're not saving the people who invested in banks.
1: Yeah, because I mean investing in anything is at, it's a risk. That's a risk that you take on. You have the extra money to do it to take the chances gambling. But I think something that's really important to just pay attention here is that I feel like people or banks or the narrative is trying to make the public think that this is just like a couple isolated incidents just that so happen to happen. But when you take a look around the news around the world, it's really not. And it's very concerning about where the economy is going in the near future. And my advice to everyone is just like, Like you said earlier, like spread your money around, keep a little stash in the house. Like who freaking knows? It seems like we're about to head into some very scary time. Even if you take a look at the Dow and the NASDAQ, every day it's going in a downward direction. It's very concerning. So that is pretty much my advice to everyone. This is very interesting. It's so weird that we've had to live through this. Of, of course, in 2008, we were very young because I'm young. And <laughs> we were like in high school. But it's wild how this is becoming like reoccurring. That wasn't that wasn't even 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, and we might have to do an a- episode about it is there's a lot of people where Gary Cardone, I think is his name. I don't want to butcher his name, but there's a lot of multi-billionaires guys who say, why are you keeping your money in banks? Like, you don't keep your money in banks. Buy real estate, constantly invest, constantly make your money move. Now, granted, for the, for the large, I wouldn't say the large majority of them, a lot of people make that recommendation because they're like, you want to avoid taxes. If you keep it in the bank, like you make gross income, it's going to get taxed at a higher rate than if you're like, okay, now I've taken this money and started a business. Now I've taken this money and bought real estate. So that's a discussion for another day. But like, even if you were one who generally doesn't have an investing mind, like when you hear these type of things with these banks, it makes you think like, damn, do I want to keep my money there? Because, to be honest with you, a lot of people, y'all think, I'm just going to keep the money in my house. Don't fucking do that. That's fucking dumb. Don't keep the money in your house. Sure. But but <laughs> it, it's getting scary out there.
1: Yeah, but it's also scary in the banks too. Just get you a nice, good hiding spot. I don't know. I got mixed feelings about it. But yeah that's what's going on in the world today we wanted to break it down for people i don't know i feel like this is definitely something that's very important to know and to understand especially because you know that has a direct correlation on the job market the economy every other trickling effect that has anything to do with surviving in life and, and-, and
0: let's and let us just leave you on this right there's is twenty twenty three information is out there. Information is out there by people who know more about this particular topic than we do. We are and I and like I yeah, want- we just
1: brush on the surface. That's yeah. all we ever do.
0: Yeah, I, I want to preface this right destiny and i are two people who are smarter than your average person we know a little bit about a lot but we don't know a lot about a little outside of the law which is our area of expertise so when we when we tell you what we know a lot of it times it might be more than your average person knows but if it intrigues you or if it's something that you are generally concerned about It's generally in your best interest to go, go look at the experts because, you know, sometimes, you know, we will provide you an expert opinion. Like we'll say, oh, we read from this particular expert and these are their qualifications. But sometimes it's like, oh, we generally know about this topic and we know. More than most people know about this topic, let's share it with the public. But we always want to make it digestible for our audience. And so we don't necessarily go into the minutia that somebody who's an expert and those of you who are interested in it would, would particularly care for. So like I said, that's just our little disclaimer, but I certainly appreciate you guys rocking out with us and definitely pay attention. Where your money at? That's the question. You know, this that might be the title of this, you know, of this episode, where your money at? and who got
1: better have my money (laughs) but thank you guys all so much for joining us we'll catch up with y'all next week all right thanks you guys for listening and if you haven't already please like and subscribe to our podcast i am destiny johnson
0: i'm larry sampson thanks for joining us and remember we said that shit and we meant that shit